I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, It's been a wonderful day. Good. How's the weather there in late August? Hot. I think it was 97 today. Oh, wow. Do you have mountains around you? Um, Not too close. I've got to drive about three hours to get to the mountains. About three hours west of me is the mountains, and three hours east of me is the beach. Oh, oh, okay. All right, so you're, pro- you're in a little pocket where it's just hot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just wondered. Well, of course, it's hot here, so always hot. Yeah, you're in Florida. It's always hot in Florida. Yeah, it's always hot here. So, all right. Well, hey, so I was um, listening to, I was a little behind listening to podcasts. So I um, was listening to one yesterday and there was a topic that we mentioned we were going to talk about and then things start happening. We get into topics and kind of forgot about it. So I thought maybe we could revisit this, or not really revisit this topic, but actually take the time to discuss it. And that is perception. Ooh, perception. That's a good one. I was like, oh, I forgot about that when I heard it. And I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. So I wrote it down. But yeah, perception. We're talking about perception versus reality. I actually heard a quote the other day, and I don't remember who it was by, but It really does help with this perception versus reality. Uh, The quote was, worry is a misuse of imagination. And the reason that I feel like that quote kind of ties into perception is perception is the way I, my perception is the way I am viewing whatever is happening around me. Your perception is the way you are viewing whatever is happening around you. If I am telling myself a story that I'm going to drive down the road and some car is going to run a stop sign and it is going to hit me and I'm going to get hurt horribly and be in the hospital and suffer pain and whatever. That's worry, right? I'm worried somebody is going to run into me. That is a story that I'm telling myself. It's my perception. It is a misuse of my imagination. When you say, when we're talking about perception, when you, and I would, I'd like you to say that quote again. I was actually trying to grab a piece of paper. So can you say that one more time? Yes. Worry is just a misuse of imagination. That is, right, my perception of what may or may not happen is what I'm worrying about. And I can choose to have a different perception of what I'm worrying about. So instead of choosing to tell myself that this car is going to run the stop sign, maybe I'm not necessarily choosing to tell myself that. It just pops into my head, right? Subconsciously, I tell myself that. And all of a sudden, I find myself thinking 
that some car is going to run a stop sign. I can then choose to change my perception and tell myself a different story and say, why would I think a car is going to run a stop sign? I'm not going to run a stop sign. Cars aren't going to run a stop sign. I will be perfectly fine driving down this road. Or maybe I can tell myself, you're right, the car is going to run the stop sign, but then it's going to magically grow some wings and it's going to fly right over top of my car. I think that's a way better story. (laughs) It's definitely more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep going with the car, you know, the car getting hit, another car running a stop sign. Um, We'll get, I mean, I know we're going to get into how this applies into relationships and in our lives. How did you learn to consider that a car could run a stop sign and hit your car? What made you come up with that? What made you think about that? That's it. That's even a possibility. Fear. 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 That's all. Maybe I've seen it happen or maybe I've been involved in a car accident sometime in the past or... Maybe my parents were worried about that or somebody else I loved was worried about that. It could be any one of a thousand reasons. So what I heard you say was past experiences. Yes. Emotions. Yes. Your knowledge. Definitely. And one of the things is how we distort things in our brain. Our perception, yes. How our brain distorts things, absolutely. And my brain may choose to say that the car is going to run the stop sign, but maybe whoever's sitting next to me in my car, their brain doesn't even consider that option. Because they don't even think about it. Because it's not something that's happened to them. Maybe they've, maybe it's one of our kids who are not experienced drivers that have never seen somebody run a red or stop sign. So to think that happens might be they just haven't, their brain, their their level of knowledge, past experience, and all of that hasn't reached that point. Right, they're, right, right. Their perception is just different it, than mine. But it doesn't make it right or wrong, just as a different perception. Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say, I think that um, everybody has a different perception in every situation because what I see I see from my perspective it gets filtered through my brain what somebody else sees they may see the exact same thing I am seeing but that is filtered through their brain through their experiences I think about we've talked about how different our childhoods were growing up if someone makes the actions to be physically abusive or physically harmful to you or me, you're going to perceive it differently than I do. And I say that because your past experience, your knowledge, your information has been more volatile from a physical standpoint than mine was growing up. And so we're going to we're going to see those things differently. Absolutely. Not saying I'm not I'm I have blinders on that I don't know that stuff happens. It's just in my life, my childhood, that didn't occur to me. It occurred to my mom, but not me. Right. And I think this, what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is, 
if we're walking down the road and we're not together and one but somebody runs up to you and grabs you by your shoulders you are not immediately going to get defensive and flinch and jump and be ready to defend yourself. You might be like, oh my God, are you okay? Or holy crap, what's wrong? If somebody runs up to me and grabs me by my shoulders, I'm probably going to hit them. Exactly what I'm saying. Because our our our, our natural response are, is based on the information we have and we've learned over time. Right. Another situation that'll be super easily identified perception-wise, somebody get, has a disagreement, that, or two people having a conversation, myself and someone else, and yourself and someone else, for instance. It gets loud or it gets whatever, it gets negative into a place it shouldn't be, and that person leaves the room. That person just gets up and walks away. My perception of that holy crap, this is done, this is over, we are not discussing this, this just went way too far, and everything is blown up. What is your perception of that? Based on my, it, my information that I have in my experience, I would, I would feel the same way. I would feel the exact same way. There's many other people who would be like, oh, they just need a break, and they're too angry, and they'll cool down and come back. Right, because of our past experiences, that is, for me, that's what I saw growing up. That's what my, my family did, right? We never had, there was just never adult conversations. It was somebody got mad, somebody stormed off and left the room. So whenever anybody gets, uh, and gets mad or gets, you know, like, and again, it doesn't even have to be an argument. We might, we wouldn't even be having to have an argument. It could just they abruptly get up and go to the other room and I'd be like, are you okay? What's the matter? Because in my perception is something is wrong. Instead of maybe they just have to go to the bathroom. Yes. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's the same way in my home. If someone's quiet, if, if I am around people and they are not saying much, I'm always the first to say, hey, is something wrong? Are, are you upset? Do you need something? And that is because that's how it was in my house right if we weren't upset we were chatting and laughing and talking and if we were quiet it was because something was wrong and it was our responsibility to find out what but like Nick for example he is not a morning person and to sit there and have a cup of coffee and not speak a word for three hours is very normal for him so for his perception there's absolutely nothing wrong I'm just not awake yet but from my perception holy crap he's not talking something must be wrong Right. He doesn't like me. He's mad at me. He and usually it's going to be something about would be about me. Like I that my fear would come into play that it's something that I did wrong or I did something. Right. They're mad at me. Yes. It always is going to come back to me. Yes. And that is so selfish. <laughs> I know. I was, That's exactly what I was thinking when I said it. I'm like, God, that's so self-involved. I'm. Uh. But it's true. That's the way I feel. But it really is. Me too. I mean, I, I, I have to remind myself all the time that what someone else is doing is not because of me. It is because of them. And the way they're feeling and the way what they're thinking, right? Because we have no idea what's going on in their heads. None at all whatsoever. But just like nobody has any idea what's going on in my head unless I speak those words. 
Right. Like, I mean, and let's put the shoe on the other foot. How many times has someone had a different perception than I have had? It happens all the time. I mean, there was a situation today. There was a person I was talking to. There was a guy I was talking to. And he asked if he could do something. And I said, that, yeah, we can't do that. That's not how this is going to work out today. And he got very upset because he was taking it personally. He thought that what I was saying was, I don't want you to do this. And my perception that I was saying was, no one is doing this today. We are not doing this today. It was literally just two different perceptions for the exact same words. Working from home. My 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 manager has worked from home since pre-COVID. Um, she's got a medical condition. She needs to be at home, work from home now. So I have not seen her. You know, March is going to be, what, four years? And so a lot of reading her now has been it's her tone of her voice i always detect attitude with her you know it's something i've struggled you know i struggle with and um, it's there i'm not gonna say it's not there it's funny because lately my co my co-worker and i are did you notice this or am i like right because i'm trying to be a little bit more aware of my perception and trying to not just jump into this is what I think. And it's been interesting because she asked me the, um, yesterday, the, I don't know, one of the days this week, did you notice how short she was? And I was like, no, I didn't. And I've asked her the same thing. And she'll be like, no, I didn't. I, I don't remember that. But then there's days that we're both like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was rough. And it's it is very much what we hear. It is. It is. Let me ask, is it that? she definitely has an attitude and that attitude is directed at you or is it that you are reading into her tone and your perception is that she has an attitude directed at you i used to think it was always directed to me that's where i went with it what now i'm hearing is she has an attitude with everybody that annoys her she cannot keep that level of professionalism. You know, at work, people annoy us. And, you know, sometimes we just have to be like, okay, okay. Uh -huh. And just keep it moving. What I'm noticing with her is she did it today on a call with somebody completely different. And I'm like, okay, my perception was distorted because I thought it was about me. Because again, that's my default. You thought it was personal. I thought it was personal. Is it possible that in her perception, she doesn't have an attitude? Exactly. I, right? I, there's another person I work with, and I adore this person, and this person has an attitude whenever they talk to anybody. They have a tone, they have a sassy, but that is just who they are. They are just loud and fiery and sassy, and if you come at them in a way that I don't know if you are if you are escalated when you come to talk to them they are immediately going to meet your escalation and sometimes if they are stressed out sometimes if they're stressed out they just have it all over their face it is never personal it is never directed at me even though when i'm talking it's coming when i'm talking to them it is coming out so i have had to change my perception when i speak to this person and remind myself that while, yes, my perception is that they have an attitude, 
Their perception is that they don't. So I have to let it go. Wait, so wait, I got a question. How do you change your perception? I tell myself a different story. Oh, you can do that? Just like with the car, right? Just like with the car running the stop sign, instead of telling myself that it's going to run the stop sign and it's going to smash into me, maybe I tell myself it's not going to run the stop sign. Maybe I tell myself that it'll run the stop sign, but my car is going to shrink down to a mushroom and go right underneath. It is completely up to me what I decide to tell myself once I recognize that first thought. Once I am able to have an awareness where I am able to say, okay, I am thinking that this person has an attitude with me. However, I can't change that. Maybe they don't think they have an attitude. Let me tell myself that they don't have an attitude or that their attitude is none of my business and just completely ignore it. So what other areas have you... Like, can you think of that where perception could play a a factor? Everything. Yeah. Everything. How I deal with my mother, my relationship with my significant other, my children, my job, driving, um, road rage. Literally everything. Every single aspect of my life, my perception, my past dictates how I perceive the events going on. When I say my past, I don't necessarily mean my childhood dictates it. It did at one point, but I have learned how to not allow my childhood to dictate my perception. And now as I get older every day, like yesterday is my past. I can't let yesterday dictate how I feel today or how I perceive your tone when I talk to you today. One of the things that popped in my head was infidelity. In the past, I have had individuals cheat on me. Going forward, if I'm with someone and they stay out a little bit later than they should have, doesn't mean they are cheating on me. There's times I know that 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 I've thought that where immediately I don't trust that individual. Right. That's your perception playing into it. That's your perception affecting the way you view your current relationship. People can have the belief, once a cheater, always a cheater. So everybody's going to always cheat. That's a, right, that belief can distort what the way I think. Because, and I think that's part of, we have to consider what is, what is reality? What is the truth? People can be different. People can change the way they act. People can change the way they think. They can, they can make different choices. They can make, I mean, there's so many things I can think of to say. I'm just... How, how do we go about changing our beliefs? What do we have to do to, I guess, change the belief, right? Like your situation, once a cheater, always a cheater. What do we do to change that belief? Well, first, I, one of the things I, I personally, I have to think about myself. And I, when I, let me elaborate on, let me elaborate on that for a minute, is I have done something wrong in my, in, in my lifetime. I've done, I've done something wrong. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it again. And I think, so there's consideration for, is that really the truth? Right? Is that, re- is that a truth? Is that a reality? Because it's not. I've, I've experienced people outside of my partners that that is not the case. Right? I have to re-educate myself. I have to um, evaluate. Like, I can't, it's like saying the word always and never, Right. Those are just not 
the that those just were those words are not true right something doesn't always happen something never happened right and so it's re right. evaluating those those things that am i just putting a blanket statement out there or is it true so right is it true or false typically it's false examining our thoughts exactly evaluating what i know and and like you said typically it's false typically that first thought when we are worried or angry or scared or whatever intense emotion we are feeling anytime it's intense typically that first thought that follows that emotion is false but we go with it because we don't actually examine it so one of the things um, looking at cheating infidelity um so my dad was unfaithful to my mom and that was in you know podcasts with with that i had with her you know she shared that that my dad did have numerous affairs and i have experienced in my own relationships a couple of relationships the same thing i could choose to say all men are cheaters that's what i could choose to say because that's my experience which all men aren't cheaters because i'm talking like three men out of how many billions of men my experience could be all men are cheaters because that's what i've experienced is cheating however my dad did not cheat after him and my mom got divorced he married two women and was extremely faithful to both of them so what i picked up on was i'm not saying i want to stay with a cheater or someone that you know that there's when there's infidelity but i know that it's not going to scare me to go into a relationship down the road because not all people are the same so I got to pick up, I could take two different things from the, the from that scenario, but what did I, I just chose because it was it was better for me and it, would, it made more logical sense of, no, men aren't always cheaters. That I've, ex- I've seen and I've experienced. So people can change if they want to change. Well, and to say, right, let's, let's look at another perception of this too, to say once a cheater, always a cheater, that is exactly saying you can't change. And to say that, if I were to look at myself, I have definitely changed over the 40 years I've been alive. Um, my thoughts have changed. My beliefs have changed right down to right base foundational character beliefs. They have changed. At one time, I would have called myself Catholic. I would have called myself believing in jesus and the virgin mary and god and the bible and now i would not call myself catholic i would not call myself religious but i would call myself very spiritual that's a huge change and to say that someone else can't change takes away from the fact that i have changed in my small group on wednesday night we actually had this this exact kind of this conversation and one of the things somebody said something and i was like by saying that, you're actually taking away your own work that you've done. Because if you say people can't change, that means you can't change, and that means you haven't changed. So aren't I discrediting all the work I've done by saying that? Because I've changed. I'm a completely different person than I was, hell, last week. Yeah, and if I can do it, 
then anyone can do it because I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not different than anyone else. And that's not discrediting. Like, I worked really hard to get where I am. I worked really, really hard. I Not not everybody could do the, the work that, you know, we've done to get to where we are because it is really, really, really hard work. So it's not that people can't change. It's just... Are they willing to do the work to do it, to, ch to change? Are they willing to alter the way they think? Are they willing to give up something or do something different or, right? That's how change happens. Right. So for myself, in order to, um, in order to change my perception, I had to first be willing to examine my perception. Most people are not even willing to examine. And I, hell, I spent 38 years of my life being unwilling to examine my perception. I just thought it was right. If I, if I had a thought in my head about something, I would maybe, maybe spend a minute or two deciding if I liked the thought. But for the most part, the first thought that popped into my head, I just went with it. I just grabbed on and latched onto it and just went with it like it mattered above all else. And the reality is that all I had to do is stop, pause, and think about that thought to decide if I really believed it or not. And 99% of the time, the first thought I have is not the one I usually go with. Not anymore. Have you ever experienced your perception being influenced by others? Yes. Yeah, so um, I will start my day. I'm, I always, I don't know why, I wake up happy. I just wake up ready to begin the day. I am a morning person. I wake up with a smile on my face 90% of the time. And... I have caught myself starting my day out great, being in a great mood, walk into whatever, maybe it's work, maybe it's the living room at home, maybe it's, I don't know, a friend's house. And they are having, whoever the person I interact with is having a bad day. And they unload their issues onto me in that moment. I can, I can almost always catch myself attempting to take on their perception and then I have to reevaluate whether or not I agree with them right so I can start my day out perfectly happy nothing go wrong drive into work get to work and the first person I say good morning to is having a bad day and they go it's not a good morning this and this and this and this and this and I go oh damn you're right it's a Wednesday it's never good on Wednesdays oh my oh and then the rest of the day, I have to examine that. You know, it's interesting that you use the whole Wednesday. Like, I'm thinking, how many, how long has everybody been, oh, Monday, oh, Monday. Mondays are horrible. Why are Mondays horrible? Aren't Mondays great? Like, Yeah, I mean, because I actually enjoy Mondays. <laughs> you do? <laughs> um, Everything's like fresh. Yeah, like I get to do things differently. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about waking up is I get to do things differently every time I wake up. 
I get to have a different type of day. Like I get to choose my day. Um, so what I heard you say was you were talking really about negative pers perception is taking on others negativity. But can it go the other way? Oh, yeah. And actually, I try really, really hard to be the person that gets it to go the other way. So as I walk through work, yeah, as I walk through work and I'm like, good morning, how are you today? And there's one of the people I talk to every day and some days they'll say they're great. Other days they'll be like, eh, I'm just here today. And I'm like, why are you just here? It's, it's Wednesday and everything's quiet and we're not working overtime and I will actually try to influence their perception which is kind of codependent of me. But anyways, I will actually try to influence their perception to help them be more positive. Okay, I think I can see what you're saying about that is kind of codependent. But I think the thing would be, it's not codependent if you're like, you know what, let me let me be that cheerleader and let me be positive and, you know, try to give you some of what I got. Codependent, to me, code, being codependent with it would be, I'm going to focus on that person all day to make sure they're having a good day. And I'm going to keep going back to, to make, you know, to intentionally be super positive for them. But I don't think you're doing that. I think you. Yeah, are, I don't go that far. Right. You're being, you're being like, good morning. You know, it's, it's what a great day. It was, you know, beautiful outside, whatever you say. But then you don't give it a second thought if they're having a bad day or not. Yeah. Right. If they choose not to take that good happiness, then that's on them. That's their choice. I'm not going to let them bring me down as long as I can help it. Because I don't look at it, like I said, being codependent when I just want to give my joy of being alive and about in this world and my happiness to people. I want that. I want to give that to people because it took me a really long time to find it. I want to keep it all to me. <laughs> But I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to keep going back to them. I'm not, it's what they do with it is theirs. But I'll give it. I mean, I'm going to share. I'm not going to give it. I'm going to share it. What they do with that is their choice. I'm not going to try to force them to take it. So what other, let's see, what other ways do we find perception? So, oh, I like one. Closed-minded versus open-minded. That's all about perception. Oh. What does it mean to be open-minded? Without saying open-minded, because <laughs> that's really, it's just, it's being able to have the acceptance of anything that's that ha that happens or that's possible or that, that occurs, just being 100% open to that. Yeah. For me, being open-minded means I am willing to examine any possible perception brought to my attention and then I choose which one I agree with. And if I choose to agree with one, and then another one is brought to my per, my attention, I am open, I, I have the ability to then change my perception based off that new information. What is being closed-minded? Not open, accepting of things that are occurring. It, it means I basically, in a way, I look at it as like walls going up and everything just kind of, there's a door and only the stuff that can fit through that door. I'm I'm not the eloquent, eloquent word person. That's Ashley all day. Um, <laughs> right, only the stuff that I allow through the door. For me, being closed-minded, I like your, your analogy there, the stuff I allow through the door. So only what I say could be, I am unwilling to look at anything else. There is nothing else that is going to change my mind. 
It is black or it is red, and that is all it could possibly be. There is no maroon, there is no burgundy, it is only red. If I am open-minded, then my ability to have a different perception is large. And if I am closed-minded, then I am only able to see things the way I currently see them in the moment. So I want to go back, We you, you asked it earlier, I think, about how do we change these perceptions? How do we go about, like, how do I go, how do I change from being open, closed-minded to open-minded? How do I change from being biased to unbiased? How do I, how do, how do I, how do I, how do I be different with that? What, what can I do? I think, I think for me, the only answer I have is being willing to examine my own thoughts. I have to be willing to think a thought and then follow that thought up with, but is it really true? For example, Cameron, <laughs> we do horseback riding lessons every Wednesday. And the last week she got done with her lesson and she said, I don't think this is working. I don't think I'm learning anything. I'm just, this is just boring and it's the same thing all the time. And I, I think I need to find a different stable. And I was like, okay, maybe you should think on that a little bit more and, and let's see what happens next week and maybe consider after next week if it happens again. And she was like, no, no, I don't need to wait and see anything. I'm, I'm done. I need a different stable. This is just not working. That was very close-minded. I didn't argue with her. I didn't try to open her mind. I didn't try to show her a thousand different ways in which she was wrong. I simply said, oh, all right, well, let me know what you decide to do about that. And then we went about our week. And then we went back last week and she did her lesson and at the end of it, she was like, that was a really good lesson. I learned all kinds of this, and we did this, and we did that. And she was very excited. And I was like, huh, that's a little different than what you said last week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it changed this week. I didn't do anything different. The instructor was just different. Yet again, that is very closed-minded. She is 12. What 12-year-old is open-minded, right? They look at themselves as... I mean, they're 12. They can only see themselves. Right, that's adolescence. Right, they can't see anything else. But that is closed-minded. Her thought about the lesson in that moment was the only thought that she had. She was unable to hear any other perception. So she had a different writing instructor. No, it was the From same one. one week to the next. No, it was the same one. Oh. They were just working on, right, they had to work on their two-point, and she had to learn how to do it a little bit better. There was some things she was missing. And so instead of jumping this week, they worked on the two-point. And in Cameron's mind, that just wasn't okay. Oh, and it wasn't as fun. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting because I, that's, I mean, that perception is fun is better you know right there's another area of perception that's not correct like fun is not is not always better right the hard all like you and i've experienced all the hard work is what has made us better right the hard stuff is what creates the growth exactly the fun doesn't create growth 
So her having to do the boring stuff just was boring. But then now this week or next week when she goes, she's going to actually be better at jumping than she was before. And in her mind, in her perception, she was completely unable to see that. Again, the reason for that is that she's 12. But as a... Well, I, but I'm going to say this. I don't necessarily agree with it's just because she's 12. Because there are a lot of grown-ass adults that have that same issue. I was just getting ready to say, right? For her, the reason she can't see it is that she's 12. But there's plenty of people in this world who, if it's not fun, what's the point? If it's hard, I can't do it. Or if it's not hard, what's the point? I actually, I'm going to share this uh, story. I have a sponsee that um, has been struggling with her recovery. She's, she, I mean, she's made great strides. She really has. Recently, um, somebody else has, is farther along, has gotten farther along in the steps, has, has been done a little bit more work, or like, I don't want to say that, like, she, they, they're just a little bit farther along. They've, it has happened a little quicker for them. But they have also worked really, really, really hard and have been willing to be open to all the scary stuff and the yucky stuff and have has just let it overtake them like right it's like because that's what you have to do right the uh, you know the yuck the bad the you know all of that you just got to feel it and keep it moving and it'll it'll be better so we were we had a um our meeting the other night and i was listening to this person that has been you know has just found herself struggling and she's sharing and she's you know she's just so emotional she was just it was just so hard for her and all of a sudden she just stopped literally shut her crying off like her te- like the emotion she shut them off and spoke completely normal and she's like i'm done like and it wasn't like she was like i'm done i'm not going to do anymore she's just like okay i'm finished you know i'm like done sharing and i was like that's interesting because the minute it got really, really hard and, the, you know, and she became scared of what, where it was, was heading, she just shut it down. And so I said to her, isn't that, I said, go ahead. I was just going to say, isn't that our self-protection mechanisms? It is. And I understand why she did it. Completely understand why she did it. But I was like, I need, I want you to keep going. This is what I heard. I said, I don't know if anybody else heard it, but this is what I heard. And I want you to keep going. And it was, I don't, I use funny kind of facetiously, but it was funny because as soon as I said that, she took a pause and all of a sudden she was just crying again. And it was interesting because that time from when she like shut herself down and continued on is when the real work happened. It wasn't before that. It was like, just by pushing through a little bit, she actually was able to go deeper and have some revelations that I don't think she had really thought of before because she's always putting up this wall to protect herself. And again, I get that. Your story has brought up a thing that we went through together. And I actually think I talked about it on this podcast after it happened. Several weeks ago, I was dealing with trying to make some amends emotionally um, within myself with my relationship with my mother. And I talked about it at a very intense 12-step meeting. And I got some direct feedback. 
part of what I was dealing with is every time I attempted to um, work through my own inventory and our relationship, I would get triggered and I would begin to have a panic attack. And everything in my body, as anyone who has experienced a panic attack knows, everything in my body tells me stop. Stop thinking about this. Stop working through this. My heart is pounding. I can't breathe. I'm shaking. And I was describing this to these people at this meeting. And the direct feedback I got was, you're scared. Stop backing down from that panic attack. Plow through it. Let your heart race, let yourself cry, let yourself hyperventilate, and just keep going. When I got told that, my perception in that moment was very offended. Like, I, am, I actually think the word coward was used at one point, but I needed that in order for it to get through to my head. Like, in order to get through my head into my heart, I needed that. But in the moment... I was hurt, I was angry, I was defensive, I felt attacked. My perception in that instant when I was getting that direct feedback was very, very negative. However, after getting that direct feedback and then discussing it with you, Dawn, later on in the night and talking about it during our podcast later on, I then was able to sit through that panic attack. I was able to face that fear and face that horrible anxiety and my perception that life would stop if I didn't run away from this panic attack changed. I then realized that this panic attack for me was not going to kill me. It wasn't anything I needed to run away from. It was simply my adrenaline kicking in from a fear response from a trigger that was caused from trauma. Yes, those are all terrifying things. And yes, it was not a fun experience. And it was worth every minute of every hardship that I went through. My perception on that has changed dramatically in a very short time span. I mean, I'm not talking three or four months, right? Three or four months ago, I thought if I started to have a panic attack, the best thing to do was stop. Focus on the here and now. Count five things in the room. Touch five things. See five things, right? Like, get myself distracted so I could get away from the panic. Now, my perception is when I begin to have a panic attack, I need to sit with it. I need to feel it. I need to examine the thoughts that are causing the panic, and I need to follow them. It's a very, very different perception. Do you find your perception now of that is, because right, you're talking kind of multiple perceptions here, the right, this, this perception of your mother, the perception of how it's going to be to actually interact with her, the perception of what right, that's going to cause the, and or how it's going to end up, the perception of the panic attack, right? There's so many areas that you're, you could have these perceptions in. Do you find that, I know you, the answer is no, because we've, we, you know, you just said it, but in, in, in all of those areas, has your perception changed outside of the panic attacks? 
Well, so, right, I don't think the panic attacks are something to run away from anymore, whereas I did before. I no longer think the relationship... I mean, yeah, the relationship with my mother, the perception on that has changed also dramatically. The relationship, the, the, the perception on fear has changed dramatically. So yeah, I would say my perception on all of those things have changed from what it was months ago to what it is now. Which then, right, you accumulate all of that and then there's no more panic attack. Now that's not saying something else. The last time was when? How long ago was it? Yeah, I, uh, the last time... It was actually the, the night that I decided to deal with it. Um, the night that I decided to face the panic attack was the last time I had one. Yeah, I want to say it was April, I think. April or May sometime. So does that mean because you dealt with that, you'll never have another panic attack? Absolutely not. I only dealt with that situation that caused that panic attack. Now, for me, that was the biggest one that caused panic attacks. But... Social anxiety, panic attacks, they don't just disappear overnight. They happen for many different reasons, and I have to face each of them. What you just said made me think of another way or another area of perception where my perception has been distorted. Um, I guess my perception can't be distorted because perception is just automatically distorted. But anyways, um, (laughs) social interactions. So you know that over the last eight months, I've been really working on developing and improving and increasing my social interactions to create uh, relationships with with other people. And I remember, and I've heard from other people. And my, you know, going to go to these, you know, these events, go to these dinners, and I, you know, I've said before, I, you know, I've. I've done this through Meetup, and when I started using it, my perception of this event was no one was going to like me. I'm not comfortable in those situations because I don't have anything in common. What else can I say? They were boring. These people are uppity, right? Like my perception of of the situation was so distorted, and the only way I could change that, change my perception, was by putting myself in that situation so I could learn reality. I didn't avoid those situations. That's the only way that I could change my perception of the panic attacks too. Expose myself to them and realize that it wasn't what I thought it was. So are we saying that to help navigate changing our perception, we need to understand reality? I think that reality changes. I think that reality is our perception. I don't know how to describe that in a better way. I right like reality is your perception. So your perception was that those social events created anxiety and they were boring and you didn't fit in. So for a long time that was your reality. It didn't matter whether that was right or wrong. You can't say it was right or wrong because that was your reality. That was what you believed. So for you in that time, it was real. The only way that, let me talk for me, right? For me, those panic attacks The reality was that they were traumatizing, the panic attacks in and of themselves. The reality was that to feel like you can't breathe and you can't 
see and your heart is racing and going to explode is painful. That is a reality. And in that moment, in that time, to think about those situations did cause a panic attack. It was real. The only way to change my perception was to actually change my reality. What I said was to change perception, you have to understand reality. But what you said, and I agree, is to change perception is to understand my reality. And when I understand my reality... Somebody else's reality may not be mine. Exactly. I can try to understand your reality all damn day. But that doesn't do nothing for me if that's not my reality. And that's kind of how we started this whole thing was looking at if someone came up to us on the street and grabbed us, grabbed our arm, you would take it one way. I would take it another way. And that is our own individual reality. And we can change that. Yes, we can. By changing our thoughts. Looking at things differently. Taking off, of our, taking off our blinders, pushing through, pushing through when we, 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 we find ourselves in a situation that's, that's hard. Be willing. I think those are all great ways to change perception. And changing perception, I believe, changes my reality. Ashley, another great podcast. Um, I think that's a great way to end it. I appreciate this. and I agree. Thank you so much. I agree. It's been a great night. All righty, everybody. It has. Thank you, Ashley. Um, Have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.